Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's such a great joy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I say it's such a great joy to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Se paka hore moya o halalelang o teng ka haro se baka sena me hakere moya o halalelang o teng ka haro se baka sena ke bolela hore meya ya rona ya tsamailana ho bane tero e ke preparing for today e tsamaela hodimo ha bo paki bona re boutluleng ho bradale se go bo paki bona re boutluleng ho ntate mathe le bo paki bona Amen. Amen. this sermon. common understanding. Amen. Hobani dintodia itsahala. Empire ya feta ka haratsona. Beke fitileng re about the seven divine promises of God. 
Rebuila about the divine direction. Rabu about the divine provision. Rabu about the divine protection. Rabu about divine health. Rabu about divine life. Rabu about uh, a divine uh, birthright. Amen. Amen. And these are the promises that God has. On the, the other one that I missed is divine fruitfulness. Amen. Amen. And these are the seven promises that God has over our lives. Amen. Amen. The first one, he says, you will have divine direction. You will never ever be lost. And the second one, he says, you will have divine protection. You know, there are so many things that will come against you, but you will be divinely protected. And the third one, he says, you will have divine provision. You know, I will give you, he says, ask and you shall receive. And you, the, the, the fourth one, he says, we will have divine health. You know, we will, have, we will be so healthy, we, there will be so much love. Divine health is about love. And once you have love, you share compassion. You don't keep it to yourself. And I said the salvation of men is in love and it is through love. Christ loved us so that we can love other people. And the, sixth, the, the, the fifth one is about divine fruitfulness. I am gifted so that I can be a giver. The purpose of my life is to find meaning, but the meaning of my life is to give meaning. Amen. It's to help others to also find the meaning of their lives. You see, when you, are, you have gifts, you have power. But when you give away those gifts, you have mega power. Amen. I said when you give away those gifts, you have mega power. And the next one, number six, is about divine life. In him, there is life. Not only ordinary life, but there's abundant life. And lastly, we spoke about divine birthright. We are not on the outside, but we came to know God through Jesus Christ. Amen. But today, I want us to have balance and to speak about the middle one. I want us to speak about divine health. Amen. Because health is one thing that keeps things into balance. Lawi Shabaki number four, it keeps things into balance. And therefore, we will find our scripture reading today from the book of Psalms, Psalms uh, from Psalms 23, verse 4. Psalms, Psalms 23, Psalm 23, verse 4. Amen. Pesalema 23, verse 4. Me ona haifu mane Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear anything or any evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, this person is exciting. He says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Look at the person next to you and say, neighbor. The lower you go, the hotter it becomes. Look at that person again and say, the lower you go. The hotter, the hotter it becomes. So many people talk about the higher you go, the colder it becomes. But today I want to tell you, 
the lower you go, the hotter it becomes. The more you go low, is the more things become hot. Yes, the more you go up, is the more things become cold. You see, when people are cold-hearted, they are cold-hearted. Well, this person has a cold heart. But the opposite of it, you see, uh, the opposite here, people who are cold-hearted, who are depressed. There is also another opposite end of people who are hot-headed, who are very angry. Sometimes the lower you go, you will expect that people will reach out and pull you up, but only to find that the fact that you are low and not dying anytime soon, it makes them very angry. You've got nothing and your life is hanging by the threat Every day, but let me tell you, instead of some people showing compassion towards you, they become very angry. Or why don't you just exit this world? Why don't you just die? Why don't I just fire you from your work? You know, you've been having so much trouble from work. Instead, they are about your compassion. But why don't you just, this trouble you consume, man, and just get out of the way? The lower you go, the hotter it becomes. Father, in the name of Jesus, Papa Kabakalamrana Jesu, we thank you for your greatness and peace and power. We thank you, Father God, that you are the God of all positions. When we go up, Father God, it's wonderful. When we go down, we understand that it is experience. And therefore, wherever we are, Lord, we find balance in you and we are grateful and we allow everything, we accept everything that you have allowed because you have put us in that position for a purpose because it is going to be the platform on which you show yourself strong in my, our lives. When I am up in the mountain, I say, thou art there. Lord, the son of the true and living God, you are with me. And even when I am down in the valley and I deny you and I say, I don't know you, you still look to me, Lord. And when you resurrect, you count me amongst those. You call to yourself and say, go and tell the oil of Bethel and Oprah to meet me in Galilee. Father, I thank you and I glorify your name because wherever you are, you are God of all positions and you are all of God of all directions. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the signs say amen. amen. Hallelujah. One thing that I want to tell you, Bazalwana, is that in difficult times, God will always remain your happiness. Let me tell you, I say in difficult times, God will always remain your happiness. It sounds like an oxymoron. It sounds like two opposite sides of the same coin. They are not the same, but at the end of the day, what makes them compatible is that, you see, if you come across a coin in a link, two sides that are identical, then it is fake. But when you come across a coin and I link two sides that are non-identical, then it is a real deal. When you come across situations in your life, 
then you must understand that the contradictions in your lives are criterions for your greatness. When you are so up and when you are expecting that everybody should be clapping hands for you, should be happy for you, when you are so beautiful and you think everybody will love you but everyone gossips about you, then you have to understand that a dog never barks at the stationary car, it barks at a moving car. Then you have to understand how direction. Amen. People don't never talk about things that don't matter. They only talk about things that do matter. And therefore, when they talk about you, you have to understand that there is something worth talking about in your life. But the only problem is that instead of coming to you and they say, I am jealous in a good way. I love what you have and I wish that I can have it. They become very angry and they say, why? Amen. Because you see, if you are jealous, in, you see the spiritual jealousy and you say, you know what? Hey, I'm jealous, man. Hey, Musiona Wautswanela, man. Do you think we're now going to man? And over no Maracos and Lamara was a king. Tabata Slimania and Muleli Muleka Poetic and Adichina, and then Tahona Rok and Hanjawabot. And then that particular person is motivated to become like you. Instead of being intimidated, they become motivated. We need divine health is about being motivated and inspired by the successes of other people, but not being intimidated by them. Amen. That is what divine health is all about. And we're going to talk about this principle of divine health. And we said that the higher you go, the colder it becomes. But today I want to tell you that the lower you go, the hotter it becomes. When you are down there, you find that things become so hot that you don't know how to get out of that situation. Amen. But let me tell you, divine health is fulfilled when I become aware that, yo, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear no evil because God is with me. There are times when I was going through so much trouble, so many troubles, so many challenges. But the only thing that I did each and every morning in the midst of that trouble was to put on my suit and ask my daughter to take the best picture of me and I will smile. And I will say, hey, I am Opa Makola and God is my happiness. And people will start gossiping about me and they will say, how can he say God is his happiness when we know that he's having so much trouble at work? How can God be your happiness when you know, we know that the axe has been raised above your head and they want to chop your head? No, he is a fake. This man cannot say God is his happiness. He is not telling the truth. We know that he's having so much trouble. But they didn't understand that, you see, it is in pain, in grief, when I discover that God becomes my happiness. It is when you are down and out, when you are low, that the fire of God comes inside of your life and it warms up each and every situation in you. And you come out of it alive. Amen. And therefore, emotion, you see, issues are divine health is about emotional intelligence. There are emotions, and when the spirit of the Lord hits on those emotions, you become emotionally intelligent. God gave you this emotion so that you can use it for his divine purpose. And therefore, when my heart matters are placed in alignment with the spirit of counsel, then I have divine health. The spirit of counsel. 
It's very important to have the spirit of counsel. I know how important it is. You, now I understand why God made me a counseling psychologist. Each and every day I come across his lamps and his sheep that have been wounded and they are in pain. And I have to counsel them in the midst of the pain and the heartbreaks that they find themselves in. And I discover that this is what divine health is all about. Because the Bible says, blessed is a man or a woman who has an abundance of counselors. Oh, but let me tell you, there are times when you are down in the valley, the lower you go, the hotter it becomes. When you find yourself having no counselors at all. Ooh, the people who were singing Hosanna for you and singing praises when you were up in the mountain and they were saying, you are the man, you are the woman, oh, girl power and all of these sorts of wonderful things. And they were singing and praising and saying how happy they are. You find that when you go down and low, whoo, those people are no longer there now. Where is the counsel? When I find myself deep, in the, valley, in the shadow of the valley of death. When I am overcome by this grief and pain, where is the counsel? Where is the counsel when things are like this? Where is the counsel? Where is the counsel? Sometimes when you go low, you'll find, you, you thought people will be hootwe in good times. Your friends know you. But in bad times, you know your friends. You will know your friends in bad times. Because there are some who will resent you, who will wish for a quick exit out of the situation you find yourself in. Because you will think, Urbana, these people, I thought they were so happy. Kanti, they were just merely celebrities by association. They loved you for not who you are, but for what you have. And once you go down, they will not love you for being there. Now you become an embarrassment to them. And instead of coming close to you, they walk to the, on the other side of the road. They don't want to be associated with you any longer because you are an embarrassment. You are a shame to them. And you make them angry because now they don't have anybody to associate with. And they start to resent you. And they start to walk away from you. And that is when you find yourself being in trouble. Amen. But under such circumstances, I am glad that we have a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above that which we may ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Amen. And today I want us to, us to talk about a man who was resented and who was rejected, who was left for the dead, whose life was written out. But at the end of the day, you see, everybody can write you off. But God will always send you one person. Yeah. Not 20 people. That's yeah. one person. Say, Lord, send me one person. Say, Lord, send me one person. To come and give me counsel. Just one person. You, oh, you're just one, one person. One insignificant person. And that person might not even come from your camp. 
and that person will come from the opposite hem. Yeah. Do not deny it mm. because God has the potential mm. of making, you see, of, of putting a cross on you. When it is said a cross has been put on you, it is when God turns people whom you thought were your friends into your enemies and he turns people whom you thought were your enemies mm. into your friends. People, God sending you somebody from the opposite end. Somebody that you thought, this person will never ever come to my rescue. But God coming through and helping you through the people. You had written off. And there are times when you will get an opportunity to also help someone who is on the opposite end. Do not deny yourself an opportunity to practice faith. Because the greatest test of faith is what do you do when you have advantage over your enemy? Can I repeat that one? The greatest test of faith is what do you do when you have advantage over your enemy? That's why the Bible says love your enemies. Love them. Love them. When they could give them what they could not give you. And love them 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 until they love you back. Because love is contagious. Just have to love them and 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 love them until they are so overcome by love and drunk from love that they start loving you back as well. And they will tell you and say, What's that a good friend? What's that like badly? But actually, I didn't know what I was missing out. Have you ever come across people who say, What's that like so badly? But now that I'm close to you, hey, you are so kind. Have you ever come across that situation? Now, you see, we have come to a very important parable. It is the parable of the Good Samaritan. It's found in Matthew 10, verse 25. It's a very famous parable. It's a very important parable. It's, a, but it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. The parable of the good Samaritan. Matthew, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. The parable of the good Samaritan. You have to understand, you see, I'm a, I'm a history teacher by profession. I'm a history teacher by profession. Amongst many other things, I'm also a history teacher by profession. Let me teach you a little bit about history. Apply my, my history on this particular parable. When you look at the Samaritans and you also look at the Jews... There has always been competition. You see, the Samaritans and the Jews. And a very big competition between them in terms of who is great. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. The parable of the Good Samaritan. The reason why there is so much competition between the Jews and the Samaritans come out of one thing. Remember the children of Israel, they were in captivity in, in Egypt and God created a miracle and they crossed out of the Red Sea. And let me tell you, God is going to create miracles and you're going to walk out of your Red Sea moments. Everything that you've been facing through, you're going to walk through it and you're going to walk on dry land and nothing will come through and God is going to give you direction. By day he will provide you with a cloud and by night he will provide you with a pillar of fire. Therefore, you are going to travel day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. You're going to travel. And then they traveled day and night for 40 years until they came to the promised land. And once they received the promises of God, you see, 
to each and every grace that you receive, you must understand that you are going to pay through experience. I say to each and every grace you receive, you are going to pay through experience. Freely you receive, ne? Eh, but you're going to pay by experience. Because you must prove to God, TDJ says, because you have to prove to God that that which God has given to you is valuable to you. You have to fight for it. So you cannot take it from me. God gave me this. Sometimes people, God gives you things and you allow the devil to just come and snatch them away from you. Never allow anybody to snatch away the gifts that God has put inside of your life. Never allow anybody to discourage you. Never allow anybody to talk you down. Never allow anybody to, 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 to look down upon you and make you lose the gift that God has given you. And people can, it's very easy for people to snatch the gift that God has given you. They You have to understand that the devil was to steal away the good things that God has placed on your life, the grace that is upon your life. It happens every day. People sending me inboxes and people sending me messages and say, we can't believe that you are a pastor. You you used to dance on the table all night long and drink like a fish. And you know, you need to used to smoke dark and do this and that and that. And I say, yes, that was then and this is now. Don't judge me by my past. Don't judge me about in relation to where I come from. Don't hold hold me accountable to the things that oppressed me. Yes, I was a victim then, and God set me free, and therefore don't take me back to my jail. Celebrate my life. Be happy for me. Yes. Is there somebody who's celebrating your life right now? And if there's no one celebrating your life, let me tell you, I am the one that is celebrating your life. Amen. That God took you out of whatever situation you find yourself in, that we don't wish for anybody to be kept captive and be held behind. But we celebrate it when a person comes out of situations. We don't say, no, you will never change. I don't see people as they are, but as they are supposed to be. Even if you are to do something wrong, I know that God is going to do something right through that wrong. Because his strength is made perfect through your weaknesses. People don't differentiate between weak, weak people and wicked people. Sometimes we are weak, we are not wicked. We are weak, we are not wicked. Amen. Amen. Elijah, the great man of God, after calling down fire from heaven. And it took God to come and intervene and minister to him. When I am weak, that is when God comes in and ministers to me. And when I come out, I come out perfect. And I realized that it is not by my will or not my might, but it was through him that he was able to do great things for me. Amen. And therefore, when we look at this parable of the good Samaritan, I told you about the Samaritans, that the great difference between the Samaritans and the, and, 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 and the Jews is that you see both of them, they received grace. They found themselves being in the promised land. But the Jews ultimately were driven out. They were, held, kept, they were taken into captivity into Babylon. And the Samaritans remained in the promised land. And now when the Jews came back from Babylon, the Samaritans separated from them and said, you are not like us. When you came back from Babylon, your, your religion has been contaminated and polluted by the things from 
Babylon. They did not understand that it was not contaminated nor polluted. It was added. There was an expansion of knowledge. Their knowledge has been expanded. Let me tell you, when you go through trials, when you go through tribulations, how your knowledge iba expanded. Because half of it, the experience of giving birth to a child. It's not the same as somebody who has not given birth to a child. The other one can always imagine it. Or how does it feel like? And they can have all the theories of it. But the other one has the experience and they can tell you, this is what you go through when you give, go through childbirth. I've got the experience. The other one can speak from opinion and the other one can speak from experience. And a person with experience is never at the mercy of a person with an opinion. Yeah. Because you have lived it. Yeah. And the, the Jews are people who have lived it. They went into captivity and they saw God bringing them back to the promised land. And these ones were sitting, relaxing, and everything was comfortable. And they were saying, you came back being contaminated. And they said, when they came back, they said, no, the place of worship is not in Jerusalem, is not in Mount Zion. It is in another separate mountain. That is what separated them. They believe in God, but the only difference is where is the place of worship? The Samaritans are saying the place of worship is, is, is in the mountain of Gerizim. And the Jews are saying, no, the place of worship is Ketabinyasioni, uh, Mount Zion. That's the only difference. And therefore there is this thing. So that is what separates these people, these two people. When you think about the Samaritans and the Jews, you have to think about their place of worship. The only big difference is that it is said, Abraham did not go with Isaac to Mount Sinai. No, he went to Isaac to another mountain. And when Luna, you did, Luna, Luna, we said that God protected us. And the others are saying, but God saved us. He saved me. God saved me. I was destined for hell and he saved me. I, I, I don't deserve to be preaching to you. And he saved me. And I glorify him because he saved me out of so many things. And he added to my experience. It is through the things that I have been through that my knowledge has been expanded. And when people are in the similar conditions come to me, I don't separate against them. I tell them the first word I say to them is, I come from there. And I have hope for you. I don't start by saying it's because you've not been praying hard enough and fasting hard enough. I don't, I, I don't accuse them for where they are, but I, I stretch out my hand to pull them out of their situation. Amen. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him and said, teacher, you see when people want to teach you, when they want to test you, they will give you grand names as well. They'll say, teacher, uh, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? You see, it's a good question, but it was a trap. People can come to you with good intentions. Their actions look good. But the motives might be bad. And that's why we are saying, Lord, give us the spirit of discernment so that I can be able to see inside of people's hearts. 
and so that I should not be blinded by their hosannas and blinded by the uploads and blinded by them clapping hands. Give me the spirit of discernment so that I can be able to see through their hearts, their intentions, not their actions. People can hug you, but their intentions in the heart might mean that they are leading you astray. People can, 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 say, can, can organize nice things for you, but only for your, for your demise. You see, people can tell you that they, 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 their actions might look good, but their motives might look bad. And he said to him, what is written in the law? You see, you ask, he asked a question and then he responded it with a question. Because he is God. He, could, he was able to see in this man's heart because he's a lawyer. And therefore, he knows the law. He's a lawyer. He knows the law. He said, but you are asking me the obvious. It's obvious. You are a lawyer. You are supposed to be knowing that. What, what are you teaching people in law? If you are a lawyer, you should be knowing what is written in your heart. You know, what is your reading of this? You must have read it. Law is about reference. Yes. You see, it's, it's about case studies. Mm. You see, you believe so much in case studies. Mm. So what is your case study on this matter? Why do you ask for my opinion? What has been your experience about it? And so he answered and said, You shall love the Lord, the, the, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And he said, your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. And he said to him, you have answered it rightly. Do this and you will live. Amen. Amen. When you love God with all of your heart and will, you love your neighbor as you love yourself, do this and you will live. Amen. Amen. And who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is not only the person next, sitting next to you. Inside of yourself, you are made of the body, the soul, and the spirit. And the soul and the spirit are neighbors of the soul and the body are neighbors of the spirit. And the body, the body is always tormenting the spirit. My body will always say, hey, let's go and party. My spirit will say, no, you can't go and party on Saturday. You have got church tomorrow. You must prepare some more. You see, it's always, my body, my body will say, you are tired, man. You will prepare in the morning. You know, you've been, you've been in this movement for a long time. You can just grab any scripture and then, you know, my body will say that. But my spirit will say, no, 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 no. no. It's not about the then revelation. It's about the now revelation. You need to fast and you need to pray to God to give you the now revelation for the Spirit of God. And I thank God that he has given us the now revelation in relation to the testimonies that was shared this morning. That I did not allow my neighbor to torment me. And all I did was to love my neighbor. I said, neighbor, it will be nice for us to go and sleep together, but not this time. Let's go and study the word of God. We will sleep after two hours. And that's what we need to do. The same neighbor that we have in us, we've got other neighbors around us. And we have a responsibility to love them. You have a responsibility to yourself. You have a responsibility to the person next to you. And you have a responsibility before God. That is what the scripture says. Your first responsibility is to God. Your second responsibility is to the person next to you. And your third responsibility is to yourself. 
three levels of responsibility. It starts with God, it comes with the person next to you, and it ends with yourself. Never mark yourself out of the picture because you have personal responsibility. And your personal responsibility is in relation to the choices that you make because you have to live up to those particular choices. Oscar you have a personal responsibility to say, no, friend, you will also be saving your friend. But then, and therefore, you need to look at yourself and say, Lord, what is it that I should do? But he wanting to justify himself. Woo! He didn't want to be justified by faith. But he wanted to be justified by his ego. The ego is extremely dangerous. Because when you justify yourself, you are attached to your clothes. You are attached to your house. You are attached to your beauty. You are attached to your profession. You are attached to your job. You are attached to everything around you. But you are not attached to the one that is inside of yourself. We need to be attached to the Christ that is in us the hope for all glory. And he wanting to justify himself said to Jesus and who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And then he thought case study. Yeah, I lawyer. on the witness stand. So, tell me who is my neighbor? Is it my body? Or is it the person sitting next to me? Who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered and said, You see, I love Jesus because he, 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 he's very kind to also educate in the midst of opposition. You see, sometimes when people are like this, you need to test that you've got balance and that you don't allow yourself to go this way and that way. You can maintain your stance. How will we fail? Firstly, what does the law say? And then he answered. And now he persists. And instead of losing it, he seizes the moment to say, now it is time for me to teach this person about who is his neighbor. And then he says, a certain man. He doesn't say who, who this man was. He says, a certain man went down from Jerusalem. You see, he went down from Jerusalem, which is a city of God. He went down from a place of worship. He went down from the good things in life. He went down. He did not go up. He was going down. From Jerusalem to Jericho. It's a wonderful thing when you go up. He's a god of levels. But what happens when things go down? You move from a beautiful place and you go down. Hey, let me tell you, Mzalwana, you're down. Yeah. He went down. And the lower you go, the hotter it becomes. Yeah. He went down. And as he was going down and fell amongst thieves, 
who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dwarfed. Mm. Has life ever left you only half dwarfed? Yeah. 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 Because you went down from a position <coughs> where you were up. Amen. Amen. And then therefore he went down and he was, he fell amongst thieves. You see, it's a humbling experience to fall amongst things that you are not supposed to fall into. And you see, people still come and steal from you. People still come and, you know, beat you up. You know, my You know, But they still come and steal the last money that you've got in the bank. Mm-hmm. Eh? Eh? Have you ever found yourself saying, UIF, maybe 1,000, you fall among thieves. And they steal the very same last money that you've got. Last money that he's got. He, f- he found himself in that situation and he fell amongst these thieves. And they stole from him, stripped him of his clothes, wounded him. Oh my goodness. And they departed from him and they left him half dead. They left him half dead. They didn't, they left him half dead. And, 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 and by chance, by, by, the Bible says, and, and, and by chance, not by choice, but by, by chance. By chance, it so happened that a certain priest came down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by the other side. Not by his side. No, 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 no. He passed by the other side. Because when the priest saw him, he saw a half-dead man. He said, no, 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 no. I'm passing by the other side. Have, have people ever passed you by the other side? Or no, 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 but and they will pass you by the other side. Or no, no, but offer a little bit of counsel, but no, and they pass you by the other side. Yeah, and he passed by the other side. And likewise, a Levite. You see, the Levite, it is said, when the children of God, the 12 tribes, inherited the land, the Levites did not inherit land because God was their inheritance. Somebody whom God was his inheritance. Somebody whom it is said, this person has inherited God. When he arrived at the same place, he came and he looked and he also passed on the other side. Because this man is half dead. I don't want to come next to him. And then the next person, then battle of Utah now Oshuilejo. No, 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 I don't want to come close to this person. This person is already half dead. Then the person, then the minute I come, Kirikia Mutwaga fella, Moyoborha. Then battle, no, 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 I'm the one that killed him. By the way, it is said in that road, it was the most notorious road during those times, and robbery was the matter of the day. Each and every time, you know, there was so much robbery. And the commentaries are writing different things about this road. But why did this Levite, Asa Atumelamo, Babambar, no, 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 maybe this Levite thought that man was also a thief and he was going to rob him and therefore he walked on the other side because what if I try to to help him and then he jumps on on me and then he robs me so so many things are being said about this person but if you have inherited God 
Even if you are to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't fear no evil, for God is with you. This person has inherited God, but he walks on the other side. He is scared of being robbed and scared of all other things. When we have inherited God, we are not scared of anything. I've been so many things in my life and I say the only thing that I'm scared of is not my boss. The only thing I'm scared of is not the police. The only thing I'm scared of is not any other person. The only thing that I fear is God. I fear what God can do with me. I don't fear that he will beat me up, but I fear that's the only thing that I fear. And it is said likewise. He looked and he passed on the other side. Because this man in their eyes, he was half dead. But, oh, I like it when these stories change and there is always a but. I was going through such a difficult time in my life and there was a but. I was going through trials and tribulations and there was, suddenly there was a but. I was going through a lot of troubles. In 2015, was the most difficult year of my life. And, uh, you know, so it was so difficult that I had a 60-month contract and I walked inside of the office of my boss on my birthday. Next week, Sunday, is my, is my birthday. It reminds me of this story. I had boss. Uh, by the way, my contract is ending on the 28th of February. And uh, so what do you say? It was on the 16th of February in 2015. And I'm like, hey, so boss, so what do you say? And he looked at me and he said, I don't see any need for you. We are going to fire you. No. no. I, was like, oh. I said, Lord, what should I do? Should I faint? Should I still stand up? Should I cry, Lord? Uh, what am I going to do, Lord? This jacket all of a sudden is becoming hot. Should I take it off? I know we don't see any need for you. We're going to fire you. We don't have any need for you. But you see, sometimes when trouble comes, you have to understand that you must make God your happiness. In the midst of that situation, in the midst of that situation, even when I was sitting there, I remembered my Sunday school prayers. I said, I remember when I was in Sunday school, this is the prayer that they taught me that it will help me to come out of any trouble. And I said that prayer inside of my heart and it hit him right here. And he said, but it is not me who wants to fire me. And I said, who are they? He said, it is they that they want to fire you. I said, but what do you say? You see, Sunday school prayers can take, pull you out of trouble sometimes. Mm. You see, the little prayers that you've been saying throughout your life, they can pull you out of trouble. And, and, and I was there, I was half duot. I was there, half duot. And, and I said, so, so what are we going to do about this? And then I'm giving you three months contract. You see, I come from a 60 months contract, yeah, five years. Ne? I go for three months contract. And in these three months, you must tell me how are you going to turn things around in that campus. Three months contract, and in these three months, you must write a five-year strategic plan of the campus. And therefore, from there, we will see what happens. I came out of that office, I was half it. I don't even know whether I say goodbye to the secretary or not. But I just came out, I was half it. I was half it, and my eyes had popped out. And, and I was so scared, and I was so afraid. 
and I, 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 I waited and, 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 I, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I went through so much depression. I, I became like the boy who was jumping into the fire one minute and jumping into the water the next minute. I was angry the one minute, depressed the next minute. Angry the one minute, depressed the next minute. Angry the one minute, depressed the next minute. And I was mute, not talking to anybody. And my wife had to stomach all of those attitudes. One minute I'm hot, the next minute I'm cold. One minute I'm, in, uh, I'm jumping in water, the next minute I'm jumping in, 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 in fire. And I was just mute. And I was just quiet. And this is the situation that this man found himself in. I felt robbed. I was up there. And now all of a sudden I am being robbed and stripped of my dignity. And now I was down and out. Down from 60 months to 3 months. Down and out. But a certain Samaritan as he journeyed, he came where he was and he saw him and had compassion. You see, the other two days saw him, he was half dead. And when the Samaritan saw him, he was half alive. You see, when your enemies see you, you are half dead. But when Christ sees you, you are half alive. And he will have compassion for the little life that is still left in you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for having compassion for the little life that is in you. Because little is much when God is behind it. And it is said this man was a Samaritan. This man was a man who was worshipping on a different mountain. Two people who were worshipping on different mountains. The priest and the Levites were worshipping in Mount Sinai. The Samaritan was worshipping in the other mountain. And it was the man who was worshipping in the other mountain who came and had compassion for this person. It is the people who are on the other side of your life who will have compassion over your life. And I remember I went through so much difficult time and when everybody knew at school, at, at the university, what I was going through, I'm telling you the people I thought were my best friends became my worst enemies. They became my worst enemies. You see Nelson Mandela once said, I have fought against white domination and I have fought against black domination. And I, I always wondered, what did Nelson Mandela mean when he said, I have fought against white domination and I fought against black domination? Until I was told that my brothers and sisters, black brothers and sisters, were lining up on the one side, choosing their successor. And my fellow white brothers and sisters were lining up on the other side, choosing their successors as well. And I was left alone right in the middle and I became a sacrificial lamb. And now I understood why Nelson Mandela said, I fought against white domination and black domination. The very same people you hang around with will come against you. The very same people you don't hang around you with, they will still hang come against you. What do you do when you fight? I'm not saying whites are enemies. No, no, no. I'm not implying that they are not enemies. They are brothers and sisters. But I just want to give you a scenario that people who are like me, black like me, I love being black. I, I appreciate being black. God made me black for a reason. I celebrate being black. And I'm not saying black people are supposed to help me because I'm black. But I just want to give you a scenario that the black brothers were lining up on this one side. 
and they were holding their stones and axes and waiting for mm. me to die. Mm. And their white brothers and sisters were on the one side. They were choosing their successors as well. Yeah. And I found myself left in the middle. And I had no one. Until a good Samaritan came one day. And I was in a meeting with the union. Because I'm part of the management. I mean, you see, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of the union. And this one woman, we were in the meeting negotiating with the union and it was a very hot meeting. I was down and out and it was hot in that meeting. It's either win or lose because each and everything counts. Even if you don't win the negotiations in that particular meeting, it will still be counted against you upon you. I think they want to get rid of you anyway. And therefore, anything you, you get wrong, it will count as a plus for them. And I was there, I was negotiating, and, and while I was negotiating, this woman, uh, 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 everybody, the, 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 the people I was negotiating with, they knew that this man is half dead. That is why he's not saying much in this meeting, he's half dead. And they didn't say anything about me being half dead. But the, the lady on the other side, not even a man, a woman for that, for that matter, on the other side, during break, she came to me. And said, I can see there's still a little bit of life in you because you are down and out. But let me tell you, come what may, the end justifies the means. Nothing is going to happen to you. We will fight tooth and nail for you. You are not going anywhere. No weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. Every tongue raised against you shall be condemned. We are with you. Yes, we might be negotiating against you in this meeting, but when we come out of this situation, nobody will ever come against you. We are right behind you. So cheer up! And for the very first time after months, I could see light at the end of the tunnel. You see, sometimes a person, even if they don't have power to change things, but just to give you words of comfort, just to give you admiration, just to cheer you up a little bit, that in itself can take you miles and it can help you to go extra miles and go on and on and on and on and on. And I came out of that meeting very much alive and having confidence in myself yes. that I can win this particular yeah. battle. And again, it was extended again by another three months. And it again, it was again extended again for another three months. It was extended. I mean, you know, I sat on that trial for 313 days to be precise. But at the appointed time, God turned things around. And at the end of the day, I got my 60 months again. In the name of Jesus, I got my 60 months again. Come the 1st of January 2016, I got my 60 months again. And I climbed on that horse again. And not only did I climb, good things followed me all the days of my life. Very good thing, wonderful things happened upon me. In 2016, I, I released my first book. In 2017, I released my second book. In 2018, I became the receiver of the Vice Chancellor's Excellence Award. Now as the best senior manager at the university. Mind you, I was the worst in 2015. <laughs> and I received a certificate saying, you are the best. If God would have told me that I am going to take you down so that you can go up, or if God would have told me that the quickest way to get to the top is to go down, if he could have told me, I wouldn't have spent much time worrying and crying. 
I would have spent much time being happy. But thanks God, I started by faking it. And I stood in front of the camera and I said, God is my happiness. And I faked it until I got it right. You have to fake it until you get it right. You fake it until you get it right. You say, I don't know how is it going to happen, but I know that the one who is with me is greater than the one who is around me. And it so happened, and then in 2019, I received my professorship. And in 2020, I became the first and the only rated, NRF-rated scientist at Velcom campus. Amen. But mind you, in 2015, I was half duot. And somebody came and said, you are not half duot. You are half alive. Amen. I don't know what is it that you are sitting here right now, right now with, but I want to tell you that somebody can see that you are not half dead, but you are half alive. Somebody can see through you that there is still a little bit of life, and I am here to celebrate that little bit of life that is still in you. You People might have counted you out and ruled you out, but let me tell you in the books of Christ, you still have life, and little is much when God is behind it and is going to take that which is in you and turn it for his good. Yes, you are down and out. Yes, when you go down, the lower you go, the hotter it becomes. But let me tell you, it has to become hot because the fire of God is going to fall on top of you. And when the fire of God falls on top of you, it's going to transform and change everything in your life. When the fire of God falls on top of you, it's going to turn you around and you are going to be elevated. And people will ask themselves, And you find at the end of the day, yes, it is still you. And the one thing that I forgot to mention to you is that then I was invited that I can also become part of the executives, you see. And I sit with them and I attend these meetings of the executives. But several years ago, I was counted as a zero. And God had to make me a zero so that he himself can elevate me into a hero. And if you are sitting here, you are saying, I feel like a zero Rest assured that God at some stage at the appointed time at the right place is going to elevate you into a hero. All you need to do is just to wait upon the Lord. Don't even complain about the people who passed you. Don't even complain and say, I'm not going to receive help from you. Who are you? You are the union. You are not on my turf. You are not on my side. But you have to welcome whatever help that you receive. And I realized that, you see, God took the people whom I thought were my friends and he turned them into my enemies. And he took people whom I thought were my enemies and he turned them into my friends. And that's a cross. That is the cross that God puts on top of your life. He is able to turn things from one side to the other so that he can show to you what does having a cross feel like. Having a cross is not about bringing you down, but it's about elevating you. Because after death, there is burial, but there's definitely resurrection. You are going to come out of every situation that you find yourself in. Let us all stand and give glory and praise to God. Because if Christ and if Christ could come out of the situation, if he could be elevated out of whatever situation that he found himself in, if he could be resurrected, let me assure you, you will also resurrect out of your situation. All you need to do 
is to celebrate the little bit of life that you still have inside of you. It might not be much in the eyes of people. They might be walking on the other side because they see death on your life. But let me see, tell you, Christ sees life on you. He sees life on you. And sometimes when help comes, it will come disguised through foreign people. It will not come through familiar circumstances. It will come through unfamiliar circumstances. Don't look at the person and say, no, he, he is just being sarcastic. There is nothing like that. I know he is, a, he is on the opposite. And no, receive whatever help that Christ and God is bringing along your way. Receive whatever help that Christ is bringing upon your way. There will be good Samaritans that God brings into your life. You will be as rich as the people you relate with. You will be as rich as the people you relate with because the people we relate with know the God that we relate with. And those are the people who are going to open taps for you. And the floodgates of heaven will open up upon your life. You will receive business opportunities. You will receive jobs. You will receive money. You will receive credit. You will receive happiness through unfamiliar circumstances. You will receive it because you allowed yourself to go down. Because when you are down, that is when God humbles you. And the word of God says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. And at the appointed time, he will lift you up. At the appointed time, he will lift you up. And all I did was just to humble myself. And I fell into the fire. I fell into the water. I fell into the fire. I was angry and I was depressed. Angry and depressed. Angry and depressed. Angry and depressed. Angry and depressed. I couldn't find no joy in no thing. Yes. Angry and depressed, but the one thing, two things kept me going. It was prayer and fasting. Two things kept me going. It was through prayer and fasting. It was through prayer and fasting. I said, Lord, I don't know when this situation is going to end, but at least lift up a standard against it. Just lift up a standard that the situation will still be here and I will be elevated above it. Lift up a standard against it. Lift up a standard. Lift up a standard. Don't let this situation consume me. Lift up a standard against it. Elevate me to a higher level where I will only see you through this situation. Where I will find my joy in you. And where when I speak I will say, I am Opa Makola and God is my happiness. I will be saying it sincerely because... I expected it that you will lift up a standard against the situation. And for 313 days, that woman said those words in the first month, in the first 360 days. But let me tell you, they carried me until the 313 days. He said them, she said them in the first few months. But they carried me. The compassion that she shared with me. If you cannot give people anything, the least that you need to give them is God's love. Love them, just love them. Just love them. If you can help them, don't hurt them. Just love them. Just love them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your greatness and for your peace and for your power. We thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you, Lord, that when we are down and out, when now you are up to something, we thank you, Father God, that you are able to elevate us to greater heights. We thank you, Father God, that surely goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our lives. We are counting on our blessings, Lord, because we were resilient 
and we expected something from you. We thank you for the counsel, Father God. We thank you for your word. We thank you for sending people in our lives to come and minister to us, to come and encourage us. We thank them, Father God, because they became shadows of Christ. Because sometimes when you come to us, you come disguised in the form of different kinds of people. And all that we need to do is to be observant and discern and realize that you are God. You are a great God. You are a wonderful God. And greater is he that is in us than the one that is in this world. You are a good God. You are a wonderful God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let the saints say, Amen.